Welcome to Living in the Matrix. I'm Jonathan, and I'm left of center. And I'm Rich, and I tend to lean a little bit more to the right. But the bottom line is, is together we try to look for the balance of what it means to be human in today's world. All right, let's get started. Um, hey, folks, this is Living in the Matrix. I'm Jonathan. Say hi, Rich. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Today's Friday, Thursday. Wow. What an interesting thought. I didn't even realize that today. The day of jihad that never actually took place. Thank goodness. Uh, did you ever see the original Friday the 13th, Rich? I don't. I was never into scary movies way back when. You never were? I saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I never yeah. saw the original Halloween. I don't think I ever saw the original Friday the 13th. And I, I, I loved Witchboard. But other than that, I just don't really watch a lot of scary movies. I never watched the full Exorcist, believe it or not, just snippets. So there's, I'm missing out on a lot. I didn't watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High until 2003. Oh my God. So I was That's 30, one of the best movies of all time. I was 33 oh. years old when I first saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is an absolute tragedy. <laughs> no, but you saw it. That's all. I as long as you saw it, that's the important part. So Friday the 13th is one of my funnest movies I've ever seen. We <laughs> saw, I think it was either, yeah, it was... Friday the 13th, part three in 3D. And oh, I worked yeah. in the movie theater. I worked in the movie theaters and we showed up for the eight o'clock showing on Friday night. And it was one of the funnest experiences we have ever had because everybody, it was like a, a Rocky Horror Picture show where everybody was getting involved. And, and I remember it was a moment when she's running. And I yelled out to the crowd, she's going to fall. And literally one second later, she falls in the entire audience. It was one of the funnest experiences I've ever had because everybody was just going crazy with the energy of it. It was actually, you know, we've always talked about energy. That was one of the moments when I really felt like I created energy in the yeah. environment. So, all right, back to, we have, so I want to set this up a little bit. We have a guest today named D.D., and Dee and I have been uh, really having mostly text conversations uh, around politics and ideas of government. And he's probably one of the most interesting people because he's always been sort of opposite me. He's a lot more like Rich in that he's primarily in a conservative. And I'll let him uh, share. But today we're going to dive into sort of a unique conspiracy theory that he has. And I thought, I, I live on sort of the cautious side of possibility with it. And Rich is probably, I would say you're probably a little more into it. But I wanted to bring out the idea of a conspiracy theory because it's a very interesting way of seeing the world. So, Dee, Dee welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so name's Dee, Dee. Um Basically... Started uh, looking into this stuff, you know, 10 years ago, started with like Alex Jones and all that type of thing. Um, more recently, my interest has been more along the lines of like uh, the financial markets, um, because part of this conspiracy is uh, Freemasons control the financial markets and control, you know, every aspect of events that we see on the TV or news or whatever is in the public sec, uh, public sphere. Um, so that's really where my interest has been as of late. Um, it started out kind of like the new world order thing, like 
you know, they're going to come in and Black, Black Hawk helicopters and uh, the dollar is going to go to zero and we're going to have hyperinflation and there's going to be food shortages and, you know, whatever, you know, Obama's the Antichrist, he's going to take all our guns and all that type of thing. And then it's kind of evolved um, over the last probably like three years. I got really into it when uh, the COVID hit and I follow someone online um, named Baba Cugs, um, who basically is part of like the cryptocurrency. It all ties in um, where they control the crypto markets, they control financial markets. And so that's kind of where it's gotten to for me. Um, I'm, I'm okay, more, so let me ask I'm, you a I'm question. I'm curious at this point as opposed to afraid. Okay, yeah. So you and I have been talking for a long time, probably around seven years, and it's really started, our political conversation really started around Trump. But Trump is a singular part of your entire thread. Uh, so what was it that originally attracted you? Like you have, I think you have a, a Make America Great Again uh Face mask on. Face mask. Uh -huh. yeah, Trump. yeah. So why why did Trump fit within your model of and why don't you start with what is your big idea and how does Trump fit within that? Okay. So really the big idea is it's not the end of the world, it's just the beginning. Um and so Trump, when you say that I'm sorry to interject, but when you say it's not the end of the world, are we talking about like people are people are worried about like the apocalypse or like the things that are in the book of Revelation, like the world is about to come to an end and Jesus is maybe coming back any moment. That's not what's going on. Is that correct? Uh, not necessarily that. And I don't think that that's, a, that's what's going on yet either. But um, basically just this whole idea of like kind of like being afraid, like the Blackhawks are coming in and the dollar is going to go to zero and life is going to change. We're going back to the Stone Age. They're going to do an EMP and we need food storage. We need rice and beans and, you know, all that type of thing. So like, you know, like the metaphorical end of the world. Um, and so on the other side of that, it's just beginning as far as it's a whole new way of doing things and everything is going to change, but it's not a bad change in my view, or at least, you know, you could really part of my main theory or main idea is that you can decide for yourself if it's going to be a good thing or if it's going to be a bad thing. And so it's really up to you and your perception of the events. A lot of people are going to actually think it's the end of the world, which is part of why um, I think it's important to share this idea or these ideas to comfort or reassure or just at least give an alternative perspective um, than what is going to seem like a definite reality as far as, you know, there is going to be a big change and a lot of people are going to have a hard time. Who are going so to be the biggest um, negatively impacted? Who, who are the folks that this isn't going to be a good bit of good change? It's actually, this is bad. Is it going to be the, the, the higher ups or who's, who's going to suffer the most and realize this is actually not a good thing? So for people, so where Trump comes into it is my theory is he's going to come back and he's going to take on kind of like a fascist role. And so for people who don't like Trump, they're going to you know, think, think it is the end of the world. And for people who do like him, you know, they're going to think it's great. Um, but the other side of that, on a bigger, like, macro level, everyone in the world is going to appreciate the change because it ties in with, you know, the financial system crashing. Like, the dollar's not actually crashing. It's getting really strong. 
and that hurts the rest of the world. And so Trump comes in as a savior and is going to fix that problem. And that's kind of like the great reset that they all talk about is this reset into a whole new system and a whole new way of doing things. But they I thought have the Great to... Reset was a bad thing. I thought Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum were trying to create a Great Reset, which says you will own nothing and you will be happy. Um, you have limited travel. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have money, health, food, and other resources dictated to you as a gla- as a globally distributed process, and get used to it. That's what my understanding of the Great Reset is. Am I wrong? No, that's accurate. But um, when I when that I mean that that's what they call it. But the other side of that again, the whole the whole nature of this uh, idea is dualistic in nature, right? Like so, I said like you could choose it, and it might be helpful if I just kind of do an overview, and then we could kind of get back. Go so ahead. We're not getting too much into the weeds um, as far yeah. as cause all of this stuff is kind of like tangents from the main idea. Well, I wouldn't um, say the Great Reset's a tangent. I I see the Great Reset everywhere. I mean, that's not a rabbit trail. It seems like... Well, let's let them tell the story, and yeah. then we'll pick into it, and okay. we'll kind of follow up with questions. So today, as we mentioned, is Friday the 13th, and um, I requested that we do this uh, discussion on this day for a reason, because <laughs> it's significant regarding the Knights Templar. And so this story basically begins with the Knights Templar regarding Masons in control all that type of thing. Um, Freemasons control everything. Because it started with the Knights Templar. They're the ones that created what's called fractional reserve lending, which before that time point, you needed a one-for-one backing in the financial system. And so with that creation, you were able to grow the economy and grow the world because you could basically, through the process of alchemy, create something from nothing. Right. They, they only have in fractional reserve lending 10 percent backing the underlying assets that are being lent abroad to grow the economy. So that's where you have bank runs. People go to the bank and they can't all withdraw at the same time. Otherwise, it'll crash the bank. So they created that. And with that, the next transition, like with the Great Reset, the, well, the final transition is to get everyone onto a digital currency. And so. The Knights Templar worship Baphomet. All right, this it may get kind of abstract, and I'll try my best to keep it uh, easily digestible. Um, but basically, they worship w- Baphomet, who is a symbol for wisdom. I translate wisdom as being related to technology. And so, you know, knowledge, the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden, wisdom, technology, all of these things are interchangeable. And at the deep root of Freemasonry and Gnosticism is the idea that you could become a god. And in the modern day, how one becomes a god is getting the microchip in your brain, merging with AI, uh, paying for things with your hand, having got, you know, using uh, medical technologies to live forever, that type of thing. And so that's how it kind of ties back together with the digital currency is this is just one stepping stone to becoming godlike you know it's going to be you you the you know you pay for it with your hand or with your head you buy you can't buy or sell without the mark so that's ai technology if you have it in your brain or it's you know just a payment technology if you just choose to have it in your hand 
Um, and so basically, the, way, the reason why I say that it's not the end of the world, it's just the beginning, is because the Freemasons aren't evil. They're not, their goal, yes, they want to be in control of everything, but they're not trying to, like, like Satan's goal isn't to kill everyone, right? His goal isn't to end the world as we know it. His goal is a spiritual deception. And so the spiritual deception since the Garden of Eden was you can be like gods. And just like in the beginning of the Bible with the Tower of Babel, that's essentially what they're trying to recreate in the modern era with the one world government and all of these things. Um, the digital currency, this is to set up for a utopian society. And so that's what I mean by the world is just beginning because, um, it you know, we're, it's going to get really cool. Like, it's going to be very interesting, and there's going to be a lot of really interesting technologies and capabilities that are going to be available through technology, through wisdom, uh, through Baphomet, effectively, is what... What's Baphomet? Uh, Baphomet is like a... Uh, transgender goat god it's basically a symbol of duality and um for the knights templar okay. it's a symbol of wisdom and so um you know duality in the sense that it's like a goat with breasts and it has like the body of a man and the head of a goat and yeah i i really don't know that much about like what what else it is but it's, it. it's basically a symbol for wisdom right and i i perceive that as technology um interchangeable and so, really, their goal is to have everything watched and under control. And, you know, because you can't have a utopian society without that. And that's where the digital currency comes in, like you touched on with the Great Reset. Like, they want to control everything. They want to control your medical, all of those things. And while I think that that is going to be the case for a majority of the world, um, because, like I said, the dollar is not crashing. It's going to get really strong. Crash all of the global economies by hyperinflating their currencies. And then Trump comes in and basically is like the savior for the whole world. And my view for full clarity is that Trump is the Antichrist. And so it is really hard to not get super wonky here with all of these things. I'm trying my best. But I'm this, trying to title. Let me together. stop you there. Let me stop you there, Didi. This you haven't been following this conversation like since yesterday. You've been following this conversation for a very long time. And we've had these exchanges like there have been days when you sent me literally a hundred memes and they're all around this idea that there is this the knights templar or the masons are controlling the entire timeline and we're reaching a point in history where we are now going to attempt to create a utopia but in order to get there because I complete just completely remove all of that. I think that's going to happen anyway with what's happening with science and what's happening with technology. AI is going to change everything and it's going to flatten the field for everybody because everybody is going to be able to strap on ChatGPT with Neuralink and they're going to be equal. That's how potent, that's where the potential is going to be. Utopia is possible technologically and scientifically, but you're talking about politically. And we come from a history of politics. And Trump isn't an accident in that story. Like Trump is, he's such a fascinating character in the whole thread of it. But your theory is, or the, the story that you're postulating, the conspiracy theory is that 
the Knights Templar are controlling that entire process to lead to a point where Trump is actually going to die and then is resurrected to appear as the Antichrist. And because well, the entire evangelical church and the Republican Party have followed him, it's like, sign me up. Yeah, I mean, is that, that accurate? I, I put I put that event, like, I know what you're referring to. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek, like, if he did get assassinated for, you know... Okay, so it's not literal. It's not literal. I mean, it, it could be literal, but I would put that okay. probability at, like, a 5%. Yeah, I don't like, want to put words like in your like, mouth. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the kind book of, like of Revelation, small... Jonathan, talks about something who appeared to, to have died then came back, right? So well, that's there the is... prophecy. Yeah, yes. that's that's why I ask that is because the revelations prophecy is for the Antichrist to die and be resurrected or come back to life. It's to mimic Jesus. So that's why I just want to clarify. And basically what you're saying is that's a possibility, but that's not a requirement. Yeah, exactly. Like from what like, you hear in the story. Got it. For me, with that reference to the beast, like I think that that could be Trump or it could just be America or as the Freemasons call it, the new Atlantis. Um, okay. So yeah. whether that's, it looks like America is the end of America and like China is going to be number one. And then America mm -hmm. usurps China once again, I think that would, you know, in my opinion would qualify for something like that as well. Um, and you just correct me if I'm wrong. You believe right now, Trump is our president. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think that? Um, basically, kind of like following the idea of like the art of war type of thing or like mm -hmm. some or more so like Machiavellian uh, mm -hmm. kind of dynamics where Trump, he, the goal is to get Trump to become a fascist dictator because that's mm -hmm. going to lead to a rebellion, which then foments the new age ideology and creates okay. this idea that we're, you know, all one. And that's their goal to bring us together, but mm -hmm. not under God under worshiping man and our technology. And it's like kind of a gradual transition to that. Um, and so for him to become a fascist dictator, he needs to, like, if you follow, you know, the story of like, it goes communism and then you can't have fascism without communism. Right. So like we needed to have a communist government, Biden and Obama and all this stuff and the great reset, which to me is kind of like a boogeyman, although it is real, for other parts of the world, but for the new Atlantis or America, the great reset, I don't think is coming here. Um, I think that's where Trump comes in. He does, you know, he's defeating the great reset and it leads to spiritual deception in the sense that people, Christians who like Trump are going to think that maybe he is, you know, maybe he's the Messiah. Like that's what, uh, Darius, they call him Darius. Yep. Yeah, that's what Israeli Jews are kind of calling him, and especially we have this conflict in the Middle East. So, um, you know, if he comes back and he brings peace to the Middle East, you know, that's kind of like, and he builds the third temple. I don't know much about that, but, you know, they talk about him building a temple and all this stuff. Then he gets into the, the dynamic of, you know, being like a Messiah for the Jews who don't believe that Jesus has come yet. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that, is important to mention, I sent it as, as, a, as a video, according to a lot of people that are looking to Trump to, to be this de facto president, is he signed an executive order, Jonathan, back in like 2018. Mm -hmm. And basically what he basically, what the people are saying is that the corporation that is the United States is actually belonged to, the, to England. And he came in and he changed all that on paper with executive orders. 
And a lot of people have postulated, if you look at the actual inauguration that took place at, you know, at the Capitol building or the White House, wherever it was, you could just see there was a lot of photo ops. And a lot of people said that was a whole, whole psyop. The entire idea of Biden getting sworn in was a psyop. So there are people who actually believe that Trump is still the legitimate president. He's gone along with all this stuff about the election. He's thrown out that it was rigged and stolen. But mm-hmm. deep down inside, he has the military on his side. And this whole time, and this follows a lot of Q kinds of drops as well, that that's why he's going to be able to do this. Not just because, not, He's not going to invent it out of whole cloth. They're basically saying that he has some lit- legal standing within the executive orders that he's published, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's like a state of emergency situation. So in a state of emergency, all the laws go out the window. And so for him, having some puppet, Biden, destroy the economy, he's taking on the brunt of all of the necessary steps that need to occur for this new Atlantis or for the CBDC, for all these things to come into uh, the public sphere where people are excited about them and accept them. You can't have people accept a CBDC if they're not poor because the stock market crashed and real estate crashed and, you know, they they need Social Security benefits, right, for like the baby boomers and all that, the biggest retiring generation. For our, list, for our listeners who don't know, what is a CBDC? Exactly. Uh, CBDC you. is a central bank digital currency, so it's similar, crypto. To, crypt, similar to crypto, but it's it. a currency that's... Uh, given directly to consumers from the central bank. So there's no uh, intermediary. So it's a crypto bank, that's managed by the, the central bank rather than by the blockchain. Yeah. And it's yeah. basically, instead of it going through an intermediary like Bank of America or something, it's directly to citizens. So that way the uh, central bank can tweak the economy however they want, right? They could put in negative interest rates, which makes it so you have to pay money to save it. So if, oh they want to stimulate, right. if they want to stimulate the economy, they'll do negative interest rates, which aren't possible really without this digital currency. And so, again, it's yeah. tied back to Knights Templar. This is the final fruition of alchemy led to gold where, you know, they're going to create this utopian society, but they need to have full control of the financial system first. And so that's where hmm. the CBDC is useful because the central bank can really, you know, right now they just have one tool. The interest rates up and down, whatever, and or or they could buy back their own debt. You know, they have limited tools, but once they have a CBDC, it puts them in full control. They can watch everything and know the spending habits, collect a bunch of data. Um, so there's a lot of dynamics to that that are useful in tweaking the economy however they want it to go. And and again, once it's once everything is digital, which you know may or may not happen for a while, then you have no escape. And again, they're in full control, and then you could at least have a utopian society run by technology because everything's under control. You can't have a utopia where everyone could just be free and everything's great and it's, you know, amazing. Well, you need to have everything under control still. There's still the government. They want everything under control. So that's kind of that dynamic. So before they unleash the true potential of a fiat financial system, alchemy led to gold, they need to have it under complete lockdown, complete control. And then they can allow it to, you know, create this utopian society. Because we saw with COVID, they print $7 trillion for for nothing. So they can do that. You know, we need a new bridge, print the money. We need medical care, print the money. We need housing, print the money. So they can't, right now, they could do that if they wanted. 
but they go on, you know, congressmen, whether they're ignorant or they're paid, whatever, I don't know. But they're basically pretending like we can't do that because we borrow money from China, which we, we don't. China owns treasuries and, you know, but we could buy our own treasuries. Like that's what they'll do is that's QE and the, the quantitative easing, which they did after 2008 crisis. So there's no limit, but they have to pretend like there's a limit in order to, you know, get everyone to accept this crazy, uh, you know, 1984 style of control. And so, can that, I ask that, 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 yeah, can I ask a couple different questions about the Knights Templar? Because the Knights Templar isn't an esoteric concept. It's talked about in the Last Crusade with Indiana Jones. About a a kid, of one of the most popular video games is of the Knights Templar. You know, I mean, it's like Assassin's Creed yeah. is of the Knights Templar. And a lot it's of a huge people, concept in culture. Yeah, a lot of people felt like they were part of the Crusades. They they were amazing, but they had amassed a lot of power because of this fractional banking. They. Mm-hmm. The church wasn't really a big fan because of the power they'd amassed. But a lot of people think that they actually, um, you know, had the grail and that they were going to take it to a safe place. And this was brought up in the Da Vinci Code. And then, of course, you fast forward to um, the founding fathers who were Masons, a lot of them. Right. And so you you went back and said that um, Masons aren't evil. And I would, I would, I would have a hard time thinking that like George Washington and our founding fathers were evil men. So w- would you say they were all ma- most of them were Masons, our founding fathers, um, DD? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and from the begin before our country was, you know, uh, colonized, the idea of a new Atlantis was, you know, being shared amongst the leaders, you know, cult leaders or, you know, whoever was in control at the time. And so this has been, you know, a long going plan since the inception of our country. And it's founded through rebellion. And that's the whole thesis of the new Atlantis is it's founded through rebellion, which is where it comes back full circle with Trump. They needed Trump to start a rebellion to create this new age, um, you know, connection, because it's basically like connecting against the common enemy. So, you know, so it's controlling everyone that way. Let me let me let me take a quick tangent here. Trump is the ultimate puppet. If what you're saying is true, like he, if you really look at it from that lens, Trump is what, what is his thing? Give me all the praise. He's the perfect puppet, and he had this perception. Like I, ever since I've started talking to you, I've started to recognize like what if even Trump was orchestrated. Because the reality is the nice Templars probably control the financial system. If they can, they can create any scenario. They can create an Elon. They can create a uh, any kind of billionaire. So it's because they control the financial systems. They orchestrated uh, all of the railroad systems. And it's, you know, from the, you know, the financial system controlled all that. And if that's true, Trump is the ultimate puppet. Why do you guys like him? Because you both, you two both love him. Why do you guys love him? I personally, I don't love him, but I think that he's going to improve the economy. Like I love him because he wants to crash the stock market and he wants to crash real estate and I want to buy real estate and I want to buy stocks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I like that, right? So I don't like him as a person and I okay. think, you know, and, and again, like, 
So in other words, what you're saying is it's pragmatic. You don't have to like Trump, which I agree with. I don't like Trump, but you like what his policies and thinking do to create opportunity. Is that true? Yeah. Like the, the, uh, metaphor I used or simile, whatever is like the same way that Germans really liked Hitler because he improved the economy. Like a lot. He was yeah, a, well, yeah, a that's the guy. reason. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's the same reason. Like I understand he's going to become a fascist dictator and there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, control mechanisms and all that, which I don't like that, but I like it more than our current system now. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, take it with, understanding that like i can buy stocks i can buy real estate i want to buy some land have a family and fascism typically is big on family values and you know <laughs> old school you know it's like people call it like sexist and stuff like or misogynistic and stuff like that um so i like it old school i like all those you know traditional values so i personally this is what i what i like um but i just want to uh make this opinion clear that even if Trump isn't necessarily being controlled, like someone's in his ear telling him what to do, my view mm-hmm. is the Masons have this plan, but God is ultimately in control and God has put it in their hearts to do all these things to fulfill biblical prophecy. Okay. So, so Trump, you know, like in the revelation, it talks about the whore of Babylon or the prostitute and the beast mm-hmm. and the beast kills the prostitute. So the prostitute is the Vatican and through and then that rules through England and that rule. And then America was under English rule up until this executive order with Trump. And you, and if you followed along the in 2020, Rothschild died. So that's the finance. Uh, the Pope died. Uh, the, the main Pope. Benedict. And then, yeah. Benedict died. Yeah. And then um, the Queen of England. He was, he was already he'd already resigned. Right. Oh, you mean Pope, Pope John Paul II um, died or which one? I don't I don't know. The, I think it was Benedict, but I don't know for sure. But he he, he just died in 2020. I think I think yeah, he died. Would have been Benedict. Yep. He, he was so, he resigned and Francis had taken over, but he died. That's correct. Yeah. And so following, you know, he had been in control of, you know, the Pope was the king of the Roman Empire. Like the king eventually became the Pope. And so that's who was ruling the Roman Empire up until this transitory period from the age of Pisces into the new age of Aquarius. So that old system was, was gone when Trump signed this executive order, the queen, you know, symbolically the queen died, the Pope died, Rothschild died. So that old system died. And that's, you know, kind of how that has played out. They're symbols. Yeah. They're massive symbols. Yeah. That can control because here's the reality: you don't need to control everybody. You just need to control enough, control enough influence to control the masses. That's all you have to control. I was 100%. thinking about this last night: is how do you fundamentally? Because I, when we talk, this is why when we share these posts on Instagram, I think about them a lot because, from my perspective, this conspiracy theory isn't in the dumb territory at all. Like that's why it's been so fascinating having this conversation with you is because it's it's clearly not so, like when you look at the QAnon stuff and you know the real far out conspiracy theories that require a lot of twisted logic. This one has some base ideas that are very foundationally easy to accept, like the the Knights Templar. 
and to see how Trump can easily fit into that role where we are at in historically. If you're on Instagram, you're hearing about the age of Aquarius on a constant basis. You know, it's like it's arriving. And so the timing feels right and the characters feel right because you realize, hey, these don't happen at a local level. They happen at a very high level. And that's where the Knights Templars probably play the best because they control all the money. So well, my question to like you the, next. The, the, Pope, the Pope didn't like the Knights Templar, right? Like he was having them killed mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. So it's kind of like, again, this beast system, which is the age in of 1300, Aquarius. right? In, in 1307, um, the, the Pope and the Holy Roman Emperor, if you would, rebelled against the Templars. But up until that point, they were actually really good friends. I mean, they were up through the Crusades. They were actually loved by the popes because they were the um, front men, right? They were fighting the Islamic um, threat to Jerusalem. And they spent, you know, 200 years traipsing across the Mediterranean and into the Holy Land. So at one point in time, they were happy until they started getting their hands on the money, right? And I might even suggest that was like a planned thing. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe God put it in their hearts. Maybe they planned it for yeah. this transition for the ultimate new age awakening. That is like the ultimate spiritual deception that mm -hmm. they're trying to basically pull. Um, hey, Jonathan, you, you'd ask me what, why, why I like Trump, right? And I, yeah. I will tell you that it's a, it's a, it's a two, two edged question because I was looking at an old Instagram or a Facebook um, memory from 10 years ago when he was up on stage debating Carly Fiorina and the rest mm -hmm. of the of the team. And I, I my comment was, please, someone, can you get Donald Trump off the stage? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and believe it or not, I wanted Marco Rubio um, to, to win that mm -hmm. election. Right. I, I actually gave Marco Rubio yeah. money. And it was one of those primaries where literally it was the flavor of the month. One minute it was Rubio. The next minute it was Chris Christie. You know, the next minute, you know, when, when Trump got involved and, and Marco Rubio started throwing, getting in the gutter because he always played above board and Trump was always name calling and playing bad stuff. When, when Marco Rubio started talking about him having small hands and stuff, that's when he failed and he just couldn't play that game. So but going back to what one of the reasons I love Trump and many reasons, he 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 was the best president we've had in, in 20 years. I mean, he brought us energy independence he stabilized, you know, global um, um, re relations. He put Kim Jong-il, whatever, in his place. He brought peace to the Middle East by having Saudi Arabia and Israel come together for the Abraham Accords. He um, created, um, you know, at least some kind of semblance of a barrier at the border. If you, if you want to just look at one of the saddest examples of what it's like to be a puppet and a president, that's Joe Biden. He is probably, if not the worst president we've ever had in our history of our nation, top five mm -hmm. worst presidents we've ever had in terms of the dangers he's put in our hands, practically giving Afghanistan every kind of arsenal weaponry they need as we bail out of there to provide all the Taliban and the people the funding, blowing stuff up here and there. He, he is an absolute disaster. He's literally a, a weekend at Bernie's. So in, in that regard, I look at Trump as a guy who just kind of sticks it to the man He's not part of the swamp. And I, I don't like his um, character in, in terms of being a gentleman and being, a, a, you know, that kind of person that you would want to just respect. Right. Does he does he act like a person who holds the office by the way that he degrades people? Right. I think that's just unacceptable, but it's part of his, you know, cult of personality. And I'd rather take the good things he's done for this country and for the for peace across the globe while he was in office 
than the alternative. So that's what my two cents on. See, tr- uh, here's the interesting thing is if Didi's theory is true, Trump was inevitable. Marco Rubio never had a chance uh, because basically you have a voice within sort of the broadcast channel of the conservative party is Fox, obviously. Yep. And that voice was almost laser focused on Trump. Whenever he shot himself in the foot with a shotgun or like a ballistic missile, like he would just do is he was the, it's, like he degraded the office. That I think everybody can kind of grapple with and say, yeah, that's true. But he did enough that you guys felt like it was worth it because he fundamentally did change some pretty significant things. But if you tie it back, it was all scripted. It's all part and of that's the plan. That's what I'm in wonder. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, see, it. that's the theory of this whole thing that Didi's talking about is he always says to me literally 27 times a day, trust the plan. Mason's in control. And it's interesting it to sit in that space. Yeah, so it's interesting book. to sit in that space yeah. and recognize that the Mason, if you live in this space where, wow, it is controlling because realistically, how many people really control the world? It's the media companies and the congressmen. Basically, you need to control the media. The are controlled. Then, we we actually know this. No, no, I know that, but the people who are at the top BlackRock and are Vanguard and State Street, BlackRock, uh, yeah. State Street, and Vanguard. Those guys all own each other, and they own. They literally they're the majority stakeholder of, of every massive corporation that that we're a part of. Those three, yeah. those three institutions control the freaking globe. They right. help with the rest of the money. So, and, and that's where, you know, co- fascism is corporate and government merge. So it's perfect for what we do. Yeah. Um, Didi, why does, why does the dollar have to get out of the way? That's been a common thread that we've talked about for a long time. Why does the dollar have to go away? And how does that happen? How do you, how does the, pl- or how much do you know of the plan to see how it happens? So the dollar gets out of the way because you need a neutral reserve asset because Trump has gone on record saying he wants to weaken the dollar. So we want to be able to have a weak currency to have competitive exports. So right now, you know, we can't sell anything to China. They sell it to us. Whereas if we had a weaker currency than China, our exports become competitive again. But that's one component of it. And the other component is just on a global scale. What's what they're about to make evident is that it's unsustainable because having a reserve asset that's tied to um, a government like America is is going to destroy everything. And so they need a neutral asset that sits in the middle that can still allow the economy to function, but has no relate <clears throat> has no relation to any government. So right now, World War III is kind of basically starting. And so in that environment, the dollar is going to get really strong because it's all over there. It's in Europe, it's in Asia with Taiwan, and it's in the Middle East. The only place that it isn't is here in America. So but they, aren't we know, seeing people move away from the dollar? We're seeing it move away in Russia and um, in, in oil producing countries. I think India is moving away from it. The BRICS, um, the Brazil, um, Russia, India... China and I don't know what the S stands for, but there's this um, new consortium of people. There's Saudi Arabia. 
uh, South, I, guess, South I, Africa. I think you're right there, Jonathan. South There's Africa? this big concern. Yeah, so tell me about that. Isn't that not going to be a concern? So the reason that they're doing that is because, well, one, we put sanctions on Russia. And so they've always known that. And that's part of it is, is when they use the dollar, they're subject to the sanctions because they hold all their savings in dollars. So we just stole all their savings that were in dollars, which using the SWIFT system, which they don't like. So that's one component of it. And the other component is the fact like in Iraq recently, they just stopped their citizens from being able. I think it starts in 20 in January of 2024. But they passed a law where the citizens can't change their their Iraqi currency to dollars anymore because the dollar is getting so strong. So they're putting stop stops in place to try to prevent the dollar from destroying their currency through hyperinflation and trying because if people are changing their 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 local currency for dollars, that's crashing their local currency. And so these countries aren't doing it from an offensive standpoint. They're not trying to attack the dollar. They're trying to defend their own local currency from the strong dollar. So they want to cut ties with America and not be doing business in dollars because if they continue to do business in dollars relative to their local currency, uh, it causes That's hyperinflation. It. Yeah. Brilliant. So, yeah, Greece um, right now is at so, 69%. What's that? Greece right now is at 69%. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, Inflation? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're, they're always yeah. the worst. I mean, they're like one of the worst offenders in the world. They In 2008, they, they were going to crash. They had, yeah, they're terrible with money, but it is what it is. Um, Travis, why, why do, so the, as you shared, the, the dollar has to, yeah, that's a, see, that to me is why the conspiracy theory is credible because of the reason it's like we're, but it's an orchestrated reason. The dollar is being hyperinflated in order to crash the entire system. Yeah, that's your pretty, theory, right? Pretty much, yeah. It's it's similar to like in the Great Depression where there was deflation and they had to revalue the uh, gold to bring the dollar down because the dollar was getting so strong that it was destroying the prices of you know crops and you know whatever other uh, commodities. And so they had to revalue gold because they had to devalue the dollar somehow. And so that that was kind of how they stopped the deflation in that scenario. Um, do, do you think the central banks are worried that they're not going to be able to control that exchange between the, the, the dollars of the world and the new uh, crypto, whatever system they use? Do you think that's a concern? Or do you think that's already pre-written? It's all it's all pre-written and planned. So like everything that we see is just a narrative. So like this dollar thing occurring wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. without COVID. Wouldn't have happened without the Russian war. Wouldn't have happened without all these uh, you know destabilizing events. And so it's all you know it's it's really hard to you know really like grasp for the big picture. And that's why I was even saying with like the Templars and the Pope, they it could have gone all the way back then for this beast system to take over the horror system that was run by the Pope. And so now it's the Templars back in control and who they control the money system and yada, yada, yada. And so I think the replacement is XRP. And that's kind of where my interest got peaked during the COVID thing um, was XRP has, a, there's like riddles and all this weird, kind of like QAnon, but it's regarding crypto. And it all ties back into occult knowledge and Freemasonry. 
And so that's basically like, XRP. yeah. So that's basically their, like I said, like the neutral thing that has, it's decentralized, is not tied to a government in any way. Um, it also is, XRP is trying to replace the SWIFT system, which is the, um, uh, the clearinghouse for global money transfers between governments. And so that has a big fee, takes three days, and it's controlled by America. So that's how we put sanctions on Russia. And so Russia it's was a really like... It's system, but we control it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and again, Ripple, who created XRP, is a San Francisco-based company. So it's still in America. So we're still, you know, with this new Atlantis, we still will control it, but it has the narrative of being decentralized, not tied to any one currency, and it kind of will only grow or decrease in value following the volume of money that's put through the system. Because with crypto, there's uh, a set amount that can't be made anymore. And so, you know, if there's trillions moving through this system, the value will only go up for that. And if the economy slows, then the value might go down. But it's not going to be determines that there's a finite amount of stuff in, in crypto? Who What's determines that? that? Who determines that there's a finite amount of, of crypto resources? I mean, there, there probably has to be to create value, to create demand, right? There has to be a limited supply. If you, just like the dollar, if you could just print dollars, like you said with Greenspan, hey, we can keep, you want a bridge? We just make more money. But there has to be a limits, right? If it has real value, correct? No, because the value for, well, for crypto, the software is what dictates the limited supply. And yes. so that's just software and that you can't change it. Um, well, that makes so sense though in a way, right? Because in order for it to actually have real intrinsic objective value, if there's limited amount, if they found out there's no more gold that's ever going to be found in the planet, gold would go up to the roof because there's just no more. It's going to be scarce. And it's like getting Pappy Van Winkle whiskey, right? If it's scarce and you can't find it, it's going to go up in value. I'm, and that's what I was trying to con contrast that with the dollar you were saying is like, we can just keep printing dollars, do greenbacks all day long. It really doesn't mean anything. It drives the price of everything up. But if we need to print more money, we can do it. And that's what Greenspan was testifying, right? Well, that's a bad so thing. Long as, so long as there's an ample supply. So inflation occurs when there's too much demand relative to the supply. But if you can keep the supply and demand in an equilibrium, you can keep inflation. You know, they like a healthy 2% is what they say. But so you could keep it healthy so long as you have a system in place to supply the uh, real world goods and assets that that money is to consume. So you can print as much money as you want if you have, you know, for example, a fascist state that, you know, the corporations control everything and they're, they get, you know, they're completely working in tandem with the government to make sure that everything is supplied and there's a huge, you know, supply of apples or, you know, housing or whatever it is that the money is to consume. So inflation really isn't a concern in that regard. Um, and the value of a dollar is derived from one, governments require you to pay your taxes in that. And so that creates an artificial demand because if you don't pay that, then they're gonna come put a boot in your butt type of thing. And so that that's basically why we have taxes at this point is just to create, it's to control inflation and to create an artificial demand for that and, you know, most people don't really get too far into the weeds with it. They just know I need that to go buy a cheeseburger. So I will work for the dollar. And so long as people are willing to give their energy in exchange for the dollar, 
Um, it doesn't really need an intrinsic, and it doesn't have it now. It's just a piece of paper, a promissory note. It, but it, you know, people will work for it. So it's just, it's all again the narratives and just like belief systems and what people perceive as reality. So well, inflation and XRP is a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, it, it's going to be it's a it's kind of the intermediary between all of this uh, central bank digital currencies. And that's kind of like the, that's how they're, in my, in my view, is what they could use in a scenario where the dollar is crashing the global economy and they need something that has no relation to governments. That's just a neutral, you know, tool to basically allow money transfers to occur between economies. Cause that's all the dollar is for. They're just like, okay, we need something that we could save in. It's going to be stable that like everyone agrees, like we will take dollars for our oil, for our computer chips, whatever it is that you're trading, Brazil can pay dollars to China. So it's kind of like gold, but um, you know, the gold standard had, has its issues. That's kind of what caused deflation and stuff. So, um, and in a system where you have a gold, gold backed currency, you can't print as much as you want. Cause yeah, again, it's related to uh, the supply. In theory. Yeah. Until the Medici family got involved. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's where banking, yeah, the banking, the Medici's invented banking. They're the one that basically came up with the idea of charging interest and having a centralized deposit. So, um, but, but that's always what it's been about who gets to control the money because the money, it really, the purse strings are really the only strings worth pulling because that's where power or essentially you can create the greatest amount of force or leverage in any system uh, is with money. Yeah. And that's the value in having a neutral asset that sits in the middle. That's, you know, decentralized, not controlled by anyone. Mm -hmm. Now that it's like a level playing field. Yeah. That's the, that's the web three construct, right? You have content creators, you have a, 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 an autonomous financial set of instruments, NFTs, digital kinds of currency, and you're not beholden to um, an overarching structure. And that's what everybody should be hoping for, right? This is what, you know, um, isn't this what the multiverse is kind of about? Yeah, I mean, personally, all that I, I think is a scam personally. Like, I don't I don't really see a place for that um, in our world in, in that regard. Although, because... Bitcoin was invented that way they could transition to a digital currency, but it's all manipulated, just like Wall Street. It's all manipulated. So if they want like to, they, they can set like NFTs have gone down 99%. Um, Bitcoin in the long term, I think, is going to go near zero relative to its price. Um, so, so once it runs out of its use, they're going to just dump it. And that's going to, again, the narrative the, the only safe digital, this digital currency stuff is great. But, it, you know, Bitcoin went to zero. So, like, you know, no one's going to want to touch it. And they don't need to regulate it. They don't need to control it. You know, if they're pumping and dumping the markets, they're in complete control of that. They'll just send it to zero. No one wants anything to do with it anyways. They kill that narrative. Um, so it, it's really just a mechanism to transition. Like, the whole thing, everything is really just about narratives and controlling the hearts and minds of men to, you know, been 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 them to the plan um yeah so 
Didi, you are a huge fan of GameStop. Do, how did that play into the whole thing? Do you think that was sort of instrumental? Because it really revealed the flaws of hedge funds. Yeah, so GameStop, um, that was not the actual short squeeze. So a short squeeze did occur, but they stepped in and they literally took away the buy button. So <laughs> like if you, know, you want to talk about exposing how corrupt it is, they removed yeah. the buy button because yeah. it was going to collapse the financial system. Well, since then, a lot, of, a lot of court proceedings have occurred. And again, everything's under control. They're waiting for the right moment so they could, again, control the narrative and say, oh, these I think they're going to try to control people who could buy stocks and make it go back to brokers or something like that. These these people on Reddit crashed their whole financial system and took out the uh, baby boomers retirements and all these pension funds. And so, you know, they're going to, you know, pump it again. And that will be the end of the financial system, basically. Or, well, it'll crash the stock so you, market. But you think, it may not crash it, but you think it was instrumental in revealing the fraud within the system? Because head funds are, you know, they're they're a tricky device. And it was kind of like, but it's where everybody was making money. If you're a hedge fund manager, you're probably going to make a billion dollars. That Like, that's the world. And it's this crazy idea. GameStop kind of tweaked that and said, no, there's power to the people. Because it was all just people, you know, and they it wasn't any institution. It was people at the bottom on Reddit completely well, the fucked the system. Yeah, that, that's the narrative, right? They, they want it because they want a good excuse to eliminate the pension funds, eliminate people's retirement accounts. That way they're dependent on the oh. central bank currency. And so, yeah, like that's what they said. But we don't have billions of dollars to throw at GameStop, right? So it, it's it's really it's a controlled demolition and they're using that narrative for their demolition. So they don't have to take any accountability. They're going to blame people who invest in GameStop or people who invest in Bitcoin for destroying the stock market and financial system, because they don't want to take any accountability for the fact that it's built by these people who run the hedge funds, right? They, they mm-hmm. run it on corrupt practices. Like that wouldn't have occurred if they weren't illegally naked shorting the stock, creating fake stocks out of thin air that exist in the, uh, you know, in the dark market where, um, which is completely illegal, but uh, that's how they manipulate the stocks. And that's how they always win. And the house always wins and, you know, everyone always loses. And so, um, you know, and part of this beginning of a new world is, yeah, everything will be watched. So that's one positive effect is that type of behavior isn't going to be able to occur because you're not going to have shadow banks and all that because it's all going to be on a blockchain where everyone could see everything and everything is, you know, forced to become legit, basically. What's um, the value of the blockchain? Um, really, it's just a... Is it transparency? Or security? It, or security? It, it's both of those, um, but it's also mostly, I would say, just the decentralized nature of it, the fact that it's not controlled by any one entity. And so that's okay. really attractive like for people like Russia. Or if you're mm-hmm. America and you want to have a, a weak currency, well, you could unshackle your currency from the burden of having to support the whole world and keep the world economy steady. And you could begin to devalue your currency just like China devalues their currency. 
But if we started trying to devalue our currency intentionally, like that would cause a lot of problems for, for us mostly too. So we're used to being rich. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I mean, where do you think the, where do you think we are in the storm? Um, it's basically just beginning and it, it'll be over, you know, pretty shortly. It, a lot of people won't be able the to end tell of the year? with, uh, yeah, I think between now <laughs> and December is going to be kind of like the climax of all these events. Um, in my view, you should see your um, eyes, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> he had you caught for a second. Yeah, I mean, that's the urgency of the, you know, it's like the idea. There's a meme going around of the Alexa that says there will be no uh, election next year. Yes. You know, it, it, it's... Like, what, I mean, what's the future? That There's like, AI is taking over. What about that one? Did you I don't see believe that? that. That feels like propaganda to me. You guys may believe <laughs> yeah. it, but I don't believe it. But the idea is now out there. It's not about... Is it true? It's about now the meme is out there. The thought is out there that it's it's not going to happen. And I think it feeds into this narrative that is being pushed, which is better be ready. It's going to get chaotic. I think we are at a if we are truly if the idea of the age of Aquarius is actually true and is coming in this time frame, um, there's going to be massive change. Yeah, because we're and fundamentally switching from a f masculine system to a feminine system, and that's going to fundamentally change everything. In this, well, go ahead, sorry, Dee Dee. Oh, okay. Um, in this thing right here, I don't know if you can see it. It's basically a diagram of a pyramid that uh, my friend's grandfather's father made in like the '30s, and on it it says the end of the age is 2001 and three quarters. So what happened at 2001 and three quarters, that's September of 2001. And that was basically September 11. Yeah. And so he predicted well, it hit the financial 11th. system. Yeah. He predicted the September 11th in the thirties based on measurements of the pyramid. I don't know how, I don't know what the deal is with that. That's why was predicted in the matrix. There's that we saw that 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 snippet. It, Mr. Anderson, you, you look at his passport or something and the yes, date. Yes, it's 9-11. It's right there, guys. This yeah, nine eleven is it's all it's all there. Now here's well, that the thing. Point. But but I'm just saying he said that the end of the age, so the end of Pisces, beginning of Aquarius, was two thousand one and three quarters. And so, you know, that was back in nineteen thirty-five is when it's dated. And so he knew that there was, you know, something occurring, some change in what happened, nine eleven. And that was effectively the beginning of, you know. Uh, the Patriot Act and going into Iraq and taking over the Middle East. And it, it's all, you know, step by step, like little incremental steps that all led us to now COVID and all these, you know, now because, you know, it's not like a cartoon kind of where like, you know, there's like a like a vertical line and then uh, suddenly it goes from night to day. Like there's a transitory period. And we're in that transitory period starting from 2001 and three quarters. So we're in the age of Aquarius and we're just, you know, slowly transitioning and it'll re, you know, it's like going bankrupt. It's slowly and then all at once or like, you know, whatever they say, something like that. And so we're kind of at the all at once phase where we're going to finally make that transition to the age of Aquarius. Um, but also on this chart, he calls it that the beginning of the millennium age, which from my studying of the Masons, they call it uh, the thousand years of Lucifer. 
which my view is it's a thousand years of Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. And so I think well, that's that, revelations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's so, revelations. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and then the last three years, Satan comes back and he's in control. Um, and so I think that that's kind of like the main thing that I try to drive home is just that, like, we have a choice and knowing that everything is controlled, you know, that to me is kind of like comforting in a weird way. It's not, I'm not trying to like cope with it, but it's um, reassuring. And because it's ultimately God's plan and he's put it on these people's hearts to fulfill his prophecy in their view, it's the age of Lucifer, the age of uh, wisdom and knowledge and technology creating a utopian society. But I also think it provides the opportunity for love and because times are going to get really hard. And so it brings back the necessity. We we're going to need each other again. We've been very independent because of the technology and you could go that way and you could become super independent, but through the hardship, uh, I think it also provides an opportunity for communities to get closer together and to have, um, you know, like love come back, which I, I view Jesus Christ as like the symbol of love. And um, yeah, so I think it provides that opportunity too. And it really just depends on your choice and whatever you want to perceive it as. Um, the thing I have written at the top of my notes is just that there is a duality to this reality, but there's only one outcome. And so the outcome is going to be the same. It just depends on what you, how you're going to look at it. And, uh, yeah, but I, I, again, I think it's not the end of the world. It's just the beginning of the new age. And, you know, cause a lot of, you know, you listen to Alec Jones and that type of thing. Like I like Alec Jones. He's right. A lot of the time, but the whole, he pushes a lot of fear, which, you know, fear is on the opposite end of the spectrum of love. And so, right. you know, I think that that's a, you know, a negative thing. And that's where I was at when I first began looking into this stuff was, you know, I was really afraid I was buying the rice and beans and, all that stuff. And, you know, I don't really think all that's necessary. I think it's just more important to uh, get in touch spiritually and, you know, try not to be deceived into thinking that Trump is the Messiah or that you could be saved by any man and that the only salvation is through Jesus Christ and love. And so that's really, um, to summarize, like the whole idea of why I even care enough to like, to talk about it is just, for that that principle and that's it basically i think because it's good let me go here rich it's uh it's going to be really interesting because that's partly why i follow this with you it it becomes interesting is because one there's enough in the media because the media is going to be the primary funnel that's going to support it and it feels like it's going to happen so i want to watch it play out because if trump becomes the symbolic antichrist that that is like, you know, just that idea is going to capture a million imaginations. You know, it's going to be like it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out because I think it's going to get worse, but it's going to get infinitely better. And this is almost like Rich, you and I have talked about this. It's unique that we're living in a time when all the pieces are in place to create a tribulation and a millennium because your basic concept or the concept of Aquarius is a thousand years. You know, so it's like, is it a metaphor or is it kind of real? You know, because that's religious history. A lot of people understand that concept and to watch it play out in our lifetimes, potentially, that's kind of the unique part of it is that 
it, it is unfolding and there's major players that can potentially make it happen. And I think that's why when you get into the Twitter uh, and the Reddit groups, you're like, and get real hardcore into the QAnon stuff and all the conspiracy stuff, you realize that a lot of it's true for reasons that some of it is true. Trump did win, you know, it's like, there's enough evidence to support it. So it's, to me, it's interesting that it's going to play out and we're going to kind of get to watch it happen. Are you postulating that Trump won the 2020 election? No, no, he didn't win. <laughs> no, no. I Just look not. at all the charts, man. All the charts. But I'm you like, think he won? The, you, the blue line is underneath the red line, and then right in the middle of the night, it goes like that, dude. You can't. It's undeniable. It's like science. There's That's a. It's here's a. It's Occam's razor. The most valid explanation is the most simplest to understand. Yeah, manipulation. It's, no, it's COVID-related ballots had been mailed in. It's a simple answer. Oh yeah, and if there was exactly fraud at a the same exact time, even though we have video cameras of people driving yeah. in at three o'clock in the morning with truckloads of stuff, there's so, it's all on camera. Rich, answer this question for me: Do you think Trump won? Yes. Okay. And, I do. and Didi, you think Trump won too, right? I think he was robbed. Well, I think every election is rigged, and this one was just made public, so that way they can get rid of public elections. With a valid reason. That's that's what um, people are saying is that there are like Flynn. I think it was General Flynn was saying there probably won't be a twenty twenty four election, or or just ever again. You know, like if Trump is a fascist dictator, then he doesn't want to have elections. That would be so, a bad reason to do that. Yeah, if that if that were the case. And I mean, but it's the reason that people would happily accept that reality. You know, at least his supporters, they'd be like, yeah, he, you know, they stole it from him. You know, if he gets the house and he comes in through impeachment and all that. Never again. We're never doing an election again. They're going to rig it every time. No more elections. Like people so, would be like, Jonathan, also to be fair, like I, I, I'm actually not fully convinced that, um, that he was robbed. I just like to throw it out there and be a little controversial, but I mean, I'm mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw something out there. You had these people named Sidney Powell and you know, the, my pillow guy, right. you're talking about, Dominion and the, and the whole thing, Hugo Chavez, they use the right. same machines and then none of it came to anything. If the system was rigged, every judge will throw it out and say, summary judgment, there's no case here, right? So the left can say, of course it wasn't stolen. There's no way it, it won. Uh, on the other side, it's like there was a lot of funky stuff that took place that didn't make a lot of sense. He lost out on core areas that were bellwether for him that went out mm -hmm. of nowhere. Um, but what I'm getting at is it's, it's, it's very similar to something that says the vaccines, oh my gosh, they're unhealthy. If you said that four years ago, you were whacked out, you were whacked out, right? Now mm -hmm. it's, it's proven beyond a reasonable doubt that there are massive um, amounts of side effects that have come with the, the vaccines, whether it's myocarditis, whether it's menstrual flow, whether it's um, on, on right. turbo cancer. And, and, and people are now starting to come out of the woodworks, people that represent universities and have real, you know, um, careers that could be imploding if if they're if it's looked in the wrong vein. And now it's becoming more mainstream. And what's crazy is that um, four or five years ago it wasn't it, it was completely insane. I think the more and more we, we we shed light on some of these things, things that weren't conspiracies, you know, on, or, or were a conspiracy, now become a little bit more more palatable, right, and more reasonable. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's the thing that's so interesting about the entire conspiracy theory idea of it being a controlled plan by the Masons 
is one, it's a very interesting story the way it's orchestrated. Like Trump is a unique figure. I, I don't like Trump personally, but he's a fascinating character. I watched The Apprentice for probably four or five years. He's a, he's a fascinating person he because he's so flawed. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I have a I have a background in film and flawed is awesome from a television and conflict perspective, from a drama perspective. He's a he's a fascinating character. And um it's just they for me there was enough valid reasons to support what actually happened, which is that Biden won by the votes. And I agree with you, Didi. Biden is a complete puppet. You know, it's like most people voted for Biden, so Trump wouldn't win, not because of Biden. Like Biden was the worst of the category. He was. But he was he didn't the puppet. even campaign. Biden hung out right. in his basement. Yeah. Then they coked him yeah. up. So he got really excited for a couple of times on stage and became actually a little bit more lucid mm -hmm. and actually had for for yep. a couple of debates at least. He looked like he was a normal kind of person, but I mean, if he, he something's happened to him where if he was up there now, there's no amount of cocaine you could put in him that would make him look like a plausible candidate. But it was perfect timing, and who knows if that was Satan or somebody that was propping him up just for that right amount of time? Because if if you gave him a year, if the election was held a year later, he would have been done up on stage. They would have looked at him and like. They would have been, oh my God, take this guy off the stage. This is not going to be our president, right? He is incapable of see, running. See, I think that's, I, so I see Biden every once in a while on news conferences and things like that. I don't think, I think that's a caricature, but I think it's a valid one. He's losing his capacity. I know you're going to go, you're going to take it to that level. And I get it's that. undeniable. Please. I don't think, it, I, I agree that it's wrong. undeniable. I agree that it's there. I don't think it's as bad as Fox makes it sound to be. That's all I'm saying. So help me out here, Didi. It, Tell me that he's completely. He's not going to offer you anything that changes my mind. Of the time is he not like completely incompetent? No. Now Didi, is he they, is he losing it? Yes, he should retire. Absolutely. I don't think you'd find a, a progressive person that didn't agree that Biden's a puppet and Biden should retire. He should not be the candidate. What's kind of likely happen is if we ever get that far, which sounds like it won't, is um, Gavin Newsom will be the guy. So there. No, that's the, that's where the elites go because the elites control that channel. So yeah. Gavin Newsom is bought and paid for. He's yeah. actually an interesting candidate because he's out. He's sort of the wild card. He's very much uh, now. He's very woke, but he uh, he really tries to do things that have sound fiscal policies, and he's not always right. You know, he ruined the L.A. basin with homelessness for that was some his of number his one job as governor. That was his number well, one. COVID priority. really made. So I was in homeless work and he didn't really create the LA problem. He exacerbated it with his policies, but COVID really created the, the fair. emergency. That's state. a fair statement. So, and inflation, inflation, basically, you know, you're in LA and you have a family of six and you lose your house where you go, you go in your car. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a sad situation. I just think that Trump is um, such a fascinating character if anything, he's fun to watch. Like he, I, I personally think he was a terrible president because he creates wherever he goes a state of chaos. Like he, he likes and he thrives. Like does, uh, I was watching the Johnny Jepp trial. Yeah, like a, almost like yeah. if you think, if you think of like the the comic book Spawn and like right. a swirling cloud of chaos around him, right? If you could be, right. make a comic book character out of him, 
I think that's a fair that's a fair assessment. So if we get to 2024, let's just say we're off on our time frame, or it does happen the rest, but we get there. Do you think Trump is the candidate, Didi? Um, Do you think he's the guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just looking, you know, if everything just carried on as usual, um, as far as like who I would vote for or who the Republicans choose, I mean, I think either way it would be Trump. Um, just looking at, you know, polling and everything like that, like there's that poll where it's like, oh, he has 52% support now or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he would be the one that would go forward from there. But that, that's what's always funny to me is just the idea that like, well, if, you know, people think that who voted for him think the last one was rigged. Why would they want to vote for him again? Um, or why would they even participate in voting? You know, I don't know. The whole thing just, it's just kind of like a demoralizing kind of situation. Um, which again, it's like, if he is still president and this is a military operation, which is my view, um, mm -hmm. why, why would he want to lose that election? Like, why would he purposefully make it? He lost it. He made it look, if he's in control, he's made it look rigged. And now he has Biden, who everyone thinks is a puppet, you know, taking us to World War Three, crashing the stock market, creating inflation through, you know, bad energy policies with oil. Mm -hmm. And so he, he, he has like this perfect scapegoat. And, you know, my view, I'm going to get really, you know, out, out to Pluto here. Yeah, you're, it's your opinion. I, I, That's fine. I think, I think the guy who we see as Biden is, you know, if this is military, it could be CIA operatives just wearing a mask. And that's why what they show on Fox news looks so ridiculous. Like he bumbles and dabbles and like, you know, can't find his way off stage. There's, you know, Trump has made fun of him. Like there's stairs on this side and there's stairs on this side. Like, I don't really care how senile you are. Like, you know, you know, you don't have to uh, uh, uh. like, I think that they're just putting on a big show and they're trying to make it so ridiculous that like, you know, people are screaming at their television and like, can't believe what they're saying. Well, the point is to collapse the system. Biden exactly. is perfect for that because he's ruined confidence on the left. Like you, that's the problem is Biden was the worst candidate and we got the worst. It, like everybody is pointing and going, God, that guy's such a fuck up. Like, how did we end up with this? And so as we go into the next vote, it's like, what are they going to serve up? He's like the he's like the last of the boomer generation elites that's like, we just want to hold on to that last straw and now it's time. He was perfect for that. If you want to fuck up a government, Biden's the perfect kind of person because he's a puppet. He'll do anything and say anything and he's proven that his entire career. And along comes Trump as this, I mean, Trump, that's the thing is Trump is just this bigger than life character. And he says enough things that uh, people still want him. And, and let's assume half of the 91 uh, things they put on him are true. Or the charges. Let's assume Right. I think it was 97 or 107, whatever. Let's say half are true. He's going to be the first sitting indicted president we've had. It's an interesting narrative. Like the narrative isn't, it isn't, uh, like I'm not a fear monger. I'm not worried about it. I think it's interesting uh, because it's. So he's, he's been indicted, right? He's well, already he's been, been indicted. indicted. He hasn't been convicted. convicted. Right. Yeah. Right. 
But I don't believe there's ever been a candidate who was in a state of indictment running for president. He'll oh, be the first. Correct. Yeah, and that's the thing with the Dems were also hoping yeah. for that he couldn't run. They were trying to get him off the ballot, right? And that so if you want to collapse the system, it's working perfectly. Well, and it, go, and it goes that's, both ways. And it goes both ways too, because if he were to become president, right. then everyone who doesn't like him, which is mostly the, the youth, right? Like, which they, like I said, they want a rebellion, and so the kids are going to lose faith in the government the way that other people who pay attention have lost faith because of Biden. And they're going to be like, hey, he's a criminal. And they're going to try to say he's done a coup. You know, if he comes mm-hmm. in through House Speaker and all that, they're going to say then it's you, a coup. Then, then you're communist all over again. He's a criminal. He's been impeached. Like, you know, they may not know the ins and outs of everything, but they know enough to go. He was literally like arrested and has a mugshot. And now this guy's our president. And he mm-hmm. is using the military to like shut down all the riots because we don't like that he's president. And so. Uh, that's and, and again, he he would love Trump if he's in control. He would love riots. Riots are his best friend because then he gets to bring out the military. Mm. So, so you let's are. wrap this up, uh, Didi. What would you say to people who are like afraid of this? Cons- just even the idea of this conspiracy theory because it's fairly credible. Um, what would you say to someone who's afraid? Someone who's afraid. I yeah, because you're say, not afraid. I would, yeah, I would I would just say uh, put your faith in Jesus and put your faith in God and know that, you know, I say trust the plan tongue-in-cheek. Um, you know, Mason's in control kind of tongue-in-cheek. But really, at the end of the day, the truth is that God is in control and that this is his word coming to fruition, uh, his prophecy being uh, played out right in front of us. And so that should give you faith that the Bible is the truth and that what he said is true. Yeah. And so that's really, um, you know, the, the moral, the, you know, morale booster, you know, the, the positive side of things. Rich, you got any final questions to bring us home? Um, you know, I just, I think there's a lot to, to, to digest. I, the, the book that I shared with you guys was called Foucault's Yeah, Pendulum. Let's go back to that real quick. What was that book you put up? Cause you put it up. So Foucault's pendulum is an actual thing. It's an actual thing that it was in the movie, in the show Lost, right? It's, it basically says that you're, you're proving that there's a fixed point in the galaxy. Oh, you did pick it up. I, got, I, I bought it, Rich. Okay, it's not an easy read, but the whole idea of it is, is that these guys run a publishing house and they talk to these people who are really rich people who think they've got crazy ideas. They don't, they're not really good writers, but they've got money. And so they do this kind of back and forth about trying to swindle these rich guys. But along comes this one crazy guy who's got this grand conspiracy it's de- dealing with the Templars. What they also end up doing is they create a computer that takes a lot of crazy ideas. Because think about the idea of all the conspiracies, all the Rosicrucians, the Illuminati, the um, Templars, the Cathars, you know, um, a power source, a subterranean, right? Antarctica, all this stuff comes together in the book. And the author, Umberto Eco, he's an agnostic. And at the end of the day, he thinks it's all a bunch of bullshit. But what ends up happening to these people is that coincidences become facts in their mind as they kind of get swirled up in this. There's a lot of really crazy stuff. And I think you'll really like, there's a lot of alchemy in there. There's a lot of Francis Bacon, a lot of, you know, St. George, what's his name? The Comte de Saint-Germain, who supposedly was an alchemist and lived, he was an immortal, right? Um, DD, what I'm getting at is, the irony of Foucault's pendulum is it shows that there's actually a fixed point in the universe and it shows the actual rotation of the earth. 
But all the while, there's so much random, almost relativistic stuff that we're in a postmodern world. And actually, Michel Foucault was a very famous postmodern thinker. So the, I, the, the beautiful thing is that you've got this fixed point in the universe, which shows objective truth. And yet the whole set of stories around it is a whole bunch of conspiracy theories that people are finger pointing. At the end of the day, what I'm going to say is I also love Jesus. I, I'll actually be honest with you and tell you that the book of Revelation in my mind is 95% already complete. So I, I have a partial preterist viewpoint of, of the Bible. So all those things, we're dealing with Jerusalem and Rome and Nero and um, all those things. And we could talk about Gematria all day long. But uh, I believe that if you follow, you know, if you follow the light, you follow Jesus, um, you'll be good to go. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, there's going to be trials and tribulations. I think every generation has thought that the end was nigh. And um you know, follow the course. Have, have your true north is what the Stockdale paradox would say. So Admiral Stockdale, right, uh, Jonathan, and good to great. <laughs> he was in Vietnam and, you know, all of his cronies that were um, captives with him were waiting for the next 4th of July. Oh, they're coming in, in Christmas. They're coming at Easter. We're going to be OK. They're com- just around the corner. And he, he didn't believe that. They got very depressed and despondent. And he was just focused on true north, which is like, hey, I got my faith. We're going to get out of here. That's it. It's up there. That's where I'm aiming. My, my, that's where my the object of my faith is here. Kind of like a sailor would be pointing to true north on the Polaris, and that's how he dealt with being in Hanoi Hilton. And so that's where I that's where I'm hanging. And I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah Nassim Talib said in his book Anti Fragile that the black swan that the the concept of a black swan is always unpredictable, but they happen over and over, and so you look for the pattern. Um, but they're never the same. So you can never predict them, but they're going to happen. And I think that's what Revelations is probably likely. When it's all looked in hindsight, it's probably, oh yeah, that looks just like Revelations, but it's not what we imagined. So the black swan will probably be something that surprises us all, you know, because we're, we're now talking about aliens. Like aliens is part of a conversation in the American public now. Like most aliens believe, most people believe that aliens are actually here. It's like, it's crazy to think about that, that we've gone that far, but you never Didn't know. Didn't you see like, the map there, Jonathan? The map of the globe that? and all of it highlighted about all the countries yeah. that are talking about aliens. It's all America, mm-hmm. a little bit of the UK, none of the globe is talking about aliens. Just us. Right. Yeah. Meaning well, we've that, always had a fascination with our areas. That's so it's well, it's yeah. part of our lore as the United States. I mean, you know, going back all the movies of my whole childhood was filled with movies of aliens coming. You know, it's always been part of our narrative. But now in hindsight, oh, guess what? It's part of the plan. So it's all, you know. Like why like going to why is uh what's the yellow character guy that is that's imagined everything that's happened it's on tv's longest running cartoon show on what's it called the simpsons simpsons yeah remember how the simpsons is said has prophesied everything there has been well, the the theory is because the knights templar or the masons have that they've controlled that they that's how they eke it out is they tell you you just don't see it like in the matrix the license of 911 that was them being sneaky that's how they do it so we're now seeing all the rabbits, the hidden rabbits. So, yep. so 
All right. Um, this has been one of the most fascinating conversations we've ever had because uh, it's one of our truths. So we do, stat, you know, people living outside of the status quo, Didi, you definitely live outside of the status quo. And I know that you live this the way of your life. Like this is who your life. So um, it's fascinating to be in discussion with you on and hear all of this. Uh, thank you for coming. Um, to all of our listeners, please subscribe and review. Let us know how we're doing. We had our first guest actually recommend uh, a guest to come on the show. We connected. And it was fabulous. So for the people who do that, please, thank you. It's super helpful when you recommend someone. And this next guest that we're going to have in November is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, thank you to everyone. Uh, and any final words, Rich? No, um, obviously, we, so it was thrilled to be part of this. The conversations that we've had via text and the knowledge you got, Didi, is great. And I'm actually hoping to get a lot of... Uh, comments and, and additional conversations out of this. Sometimes a podcast alone can create an entire set of content for another podcast. So I'm looking forward to, you yeah. know, kind of learning what that looks like, kind of disseminating different things and seeing what happens. I'm, I'm really excited for the ride. And thanks for being on, on our on our podcast today. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, for anybody who, uh, anybody who wants DD as a guest, contact us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Much love, everybody. This has been Living in the Matrix. Take care. Thank you.